May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Well, good morning. I'm glad y'all are here this morning. My name's Adam Jungblut. I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the park. And I tell you, this series has been absolutely fantastic for me in my own life as we have been taking the past handful of weeks and we've been looking at the Holy Spirit. And so I'm glad you're here as we wrap up this series, Ghost Stories, where we're taking a not-so-spooky look at the Holy Spirit. You see, we worship a triune three-in-one God. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct personalities. But God the Father, we understand because we have this concept of fathers. God the Son, we understand for the same reason, but God the Holy Spirit can be kind of awkward. I mean, kind of just weird. And so we've been taking a look at the Holy Spirit, and we've been looking at him in every aspect of Scripture. We've looked at the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, at his role in the Old Testament, he played in some of the famous characters in the Old Testament. We looked at the Holy Spirit's role in Jesus' ministry, talked about how it was the Holy Spirit that was leading Jesus throughout his entire ministry. And then last week, we looked at the Holy Spirit in the first church, when the church was just getting started after Jesus was gone and his role then. Well, today, we're gonna be looking at the Holy Spirit in our lives on a daily basis. What does that look like for you and for me to interact, have a relationship and experience the Holy Spirit? Now, I wanna let you know, I never set out to be a pastor. It kind of found me. Uh, my, my dream job growing up, I wanted to be uh, an announcer for ESPN on SportsCenter. That's, that's what I wanted. I mean, my career idols, I mean, it was Bob Lee, Linda Cohn, Dan Patrick, Chris Berman. Those guys were who I looked up to. That's who I was kind of modeling my career path after. But God had different plans. I became a pastor here at the park. That was a little over nine years ago. And it's just been an amazing ride ever since. But when I became a pastor, I didn't know anything about being a pastor. I mean, I hadn't set out. I, I, it wasn't what my choice was. And so real quick, I basically found other pastors that I looked up to. And two of them that I really looked up to back then and I still look up to today are Rick Warren and Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels is the senior pastor at Willow Creek outside of Chicago. And Rick Warren is a senior pastor at Saddleback Church south of Los Angeles. I admire the relationship that they have with Christ. I admire the way that they lead their churches, just the innovative ways that their churches have structured and done things different than other churches across America, that other churches are patterning, that they have just done an amazing job of reaching lost people and growing them closer to Christ. I've read all of their books. I've listened to their sermons on podcasts. I mean, especially from like the stories they talk about themselves and their family. Like, I seriously know these guys. Like, I know, like, stories about their marriages and their kids and their funny deals. I know their kids' names. Like, I know a lot about them. I even got to have, I went to a lunch where Rick Warren was one time, and I met him. It was a really big deal for me, probably not for him, because I know a lot about them, but they don't have a clue who I am. They don't know anything about me. Nothing. I I could tell you just tons of information about them, stories about them, they have no clue who I am. Like my, all of the relationship that I have with them, it's all knowledge driven, there is no real relationship. 
just a bunch of head knowledge of stuff that I've learned along the way from looking up to these guys. Like, you stopped and thought about it. Well, we all have people like that. We all have people that we know a ton of information about, but we don't have a relationship with them. Maybe it's an athlete. Maybe it's an athlete for the number one team that you look up to, a celebrity, know all of the stats. Maybe it's somebody in the office, way up the food chain, a high upper level boss. You know a lot about them, but there is no relationship. It's just knowledge. Look, the scary part is that could be the situation that we find ourselves in with the Holy Spirit. You see, for three weeks now, we've been studying and learning about the Holy Spirit. You know more about the Holy Spirit now than you did a month ago. But what if it doesn't change you? What if your life looks the exact same when you leave today and this upcoming week as it did a month ago? Even though you have all of this new knowledge about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's role throughout Scripture and His desire to be involved in your life, what if your life isn't changed? Well, that's a scary place to be. It's a scary thing to even think about. But that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Today, I want us to look at how do we encounter, experience, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit on an ongoing basis, on an ongoing, on a daily routine. How do we begin to build that relationship with the Holy Spirit? Wherever your relationships, relationship is with the Holy Spirit, how do we begin to continue to develop and grow that relationship? That's what we're going to look at today. And, and it's basically through two Two things we're going to look at. So everybody pull out your, your sermon notes if you haven't already. So how do I begin and develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, here's the first one. You experience the Holy Spirit through worship. Look, this is the first and the easiest way to begin to experience the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about it. What makes it easy for you to have a relationship with your family? Well, it's the fact that you see them. You see them every day. You're involved in their life. You see them, you talk to them, you can touch them, you know what they look like. It's really easy to have a relationship with your family. It's those exact same reasons why it can be difficult to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because you don't know what he looks like. Because you don't get to see him, touch him every day. But when we worship, we can begin to experience him. And you can begin to be present with him in your life where you can feel him and know that he is there. And there's really three ways in our worship that this takes place in our lives. Here's the first one. We worship him through praise and worship music. You begin to experience him through worship and you worship him through praise and worship music. Look at what it says in John 4, 24. God is spirit. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit here. And his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when we worship, the Holy Spirit is highly involved. It is the spirit inside of us that connects with the Holy Spirit through our worship. But then more specifically, look at Psalm 100, one through two. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. 
Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. I love music. I am not very musical at all, but I love music. I specifically chose Psalm 100 because the first word in it is shout. That's what my singing sounds like. And so it really resonates with me and for all of us non-vocal people out there, it's like, oh, I rule the shouting world. Yeah, I got that down. So my girls, Avery and Lily, whenever we tuck them into bed at night, our normal routine is uh, Robin prays for him and prays for him and sings to him. And I just pray because Robin has an amazing singing voice. And whenever daddy begins to sing to the girls, they're like, no, 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 dad, dad, you sing wrong. <laughs> and I, I try to tell them, it's not that I sing like wrong. I sing right. Like I know the words to the song. It's just not well. Like it, I just, it's just not. And they're like, daddy, mommy sings and prays. You just pray. Thank you. Really appreciate that encouragement. So yeah, I, I can't, but I love, I love music. I absolutely love it, and I enjoy it. And I love hearing music. I love watching music and going to concerts. I love experiencing music. You know, going to concerts, I love country music. So I, I try to see all of the major, you know, country acts that come through town. Uh, one of my favorites is George Strait. I've seen him a couple of times. You know, I've, I've never been compelled at a George Strait concert to close my eyes, raise my hands, and worship. It, it hasn't happened. I'm a huge fan, but I've never been compelled in that way. However, it happens here on Sundays. I hear the music, and I, I'm, I'm compelled I'm compelled to, to, to worship. You know, in those concerts and whenever I hear music, it, I have, I have, I've never had the experience of just chills coming over me at a, at a concert or when I've been watching artists play that I, I, I feel that something larger than myself overwhelming the room is taking place. It just hasn't happened. But yet, here on Sundays, I, I'm just compelled. My, my hand is raised in worship, my eyes are closed, I engage, and I just get chills all over my body. Maybe for you it's not chills. Maybe for you it's not. Maybe it's an overwhelming peace that comes upon you. And, and you, know, you can't explain it because your life is so hectic and your schedule is so busy and for every moment of your life, you feel like you're from one event to the next, one thing to the next, and you're trying to remember all of your to-do lists and then you forget some things on your to-do list and it gets frustrating. But right here in praise and worship, there's a calm that falls over you. Maybe for you, you're reading the words on the screen in a song and it just... It impacts you when you realize what you're singing, talking about the goodness and the glory of God. When you talk about his relationship with you, your position and his position, you just get overwhelmed. It can look very different, but the same thing's going on. You're experiencing the Holy Spirit. You're experiencing him and you know that he is present in this place just like the person sitting next to you is. Well, now, if you're looking at me saying, well, that doesn't happen to me. I come here every Sunday, and, and I, don't, I don't feel any of that. Well, my question to you is, are you worshiping 
or are you just singing? Or, not only that, are you just standing? Do you just stand there? Maybe say, well, I'm not really musical. They are, but I'm just going to stand here. It's very hard to experience the Holy Spirit through worship when you're not worshiping. You know, are, are you standing there looking and you'll try to, you know, engage in a couple of songs, but then the next thing you know it, you look up and you're like, oh, I really like her boots. I need to get a new pair of those boots. Mine are, mine are out of style. Like, yeah, I, I need to do that. I, you're laughing because it's happened. You're like, yeah, I do like those boots. Like, those are, yeah, I know, I know. So we look up here and we look at Mark playing the guitar and we're like, I can't pull long hair off like that. Like, that guy just looks so awesome. I know, and we're just lost. And then, you know, worship stuff. Are, are you fully engaged in worship? Because if you're going to experience him, if one of the hurdles you've got to get over in this relationship is that you can't touch and feel and experience the Holy Spirit like you can a father and a son, you have got to worship him through praise and worship music. Here's the next way that we worship him. We worship him through hearing and reading God's word. Through hearing and reading God's word. Look what it says in Psalm 100, verse three. No, circle the word no for me. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people. Look, there's a whole other side of worship right here that we're about to uncover. Look, the more you know about God, the more you know about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the more you will be compelled to worship. The more you know about his goodness, his greatness, his love, his power, his sovereignty, his plan for you, the more you're going to be compelled to worship him. The more you read and you hear God's word and you learn about our position of sin and how wretched of sinners we are and the distance between us and God without Jesus Christ. And when you see God in his goodness and his perfection and you see us in our sin and then you know that God desires to have a relationship with you, you're going to be compelled to worship. The verses that are on the, in these sermon notes, the verses that are in your Bible, and the verses that you read in small group, they're not just self-help verses. They're not just so that you can have a good life or to start discussion. They're so that you may know how good of a God we have. That you will know that we are his people and that he desires to have a relationship with us. And the more you know, the more you will be compelled to worship. And the more you worship, the more you will experience the Holy Spirit. It can happen every morning. Sitting in your comfy chair as you're reading the Bible. The more you know, the more you'll worship. It can happen in your small group as somebody's sharing. It can happen as you're leading kids or a youth small group when you learn something new. But the more you know, the more you'll worship. Well, what's the third way? Look, here's the third point. You worship him through participating in the Lord's Supper. You worship him through participating in the Lord's Supper. Look, this is a weekly act that often I feel gets overlooked as an act of worship. 
We looked two weeks ago at the Holy Spirit's role in Jesus' ministry. And we saw continually throughout Scripture, it says, Jesus, led by the Spirit, went to this town, or performed this miracle, or taught here. Jesus, led by the Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus to the cross. And we saw his role in it. And when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we are participating in Christ's death. You see, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, the night before that he was killed, his followers, his 12, got together in a room. He said, guys, this bread, this is my body broken for you. And he broke the bread and he shared it with them. He took a cup of wine and he said, this is my blood that is shed for you. And he shared it with them. And then look what it says, how Paul is teaching this in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. When he's teaching it to the church in Corinth, he says, so when, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. The Lord's Supper is an act of worship. Every single time you partake in the Lord's Supper, you are celebrating and worshiping Christ's death on the cross. Now you're thinking, well, why would I celebrate and worship death on a cross? Let me paint this picture for you. Because of our sin, we're separate from God. It's impossible for us to have a relationship with God because of our sin without Jesus Christ. Because of our sin, we deserve and have earned the full wrath of God being poured out upon our lives. Because of God's goodness and our sinfulness, God's wrath and destruction should be upon us. He created us. We turned our back on him through our sin. We should have no part in him. When we die, the full wrath of God is to be poured out on our lives. That is a scary thought. But Christ was perfect. Christ lived a perfect, sinless life. And through the cross, absorbed all of God's wrath on himself that we were to take. All of the wrath that should be poured out on us because of our sin, Jesus said, hey, I got it. I got it. And if they will believe in me and if they will follow me, they will not have to experience God's wrath, but they can now have a relationship with you, God, just as I did. And so when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, that's what you're celebrating. That's what you're celebrating. So when we say, hey, when we reach that point in our service, and we say, hey, if you're already a Christ follower and you would like to participate in the Lord's Supper, we are basically saying, hey, if you would like to worship and experience the Holy Spirit in a way that has saved you from God's wrath, please walk forward. And you may have some of the bread and some of the grape juice to celebrate the breaking of Christ's body and the shedding of his blood. When you worship like that, you experience the Holy Spirit. But there's another side to experience the Holy Spirit. It's not just through worship. Here's number two that I want us to look at today. Second thing that you've got to do is don't grudge the nudge. Don't grudge the nudge. Look, I've never heard the Holy Spirit audibly, God speak to me audibly in my life. Never happened. There there are people that say, yes, God spoke to me audibly just like I'm speaking to you now. It's never happened to me. It would be really nice if it happened like that all the time. I'd even be okay with a text message. 
But I do feel like if it was continually through that, it would completely remove this idea of faith that we have. So I'm pretty sure he's not going to be communicating that way. But the Holy Spirit communicates. It's a nudge. It's just a little nudge. That little nudge inside of you that you just feel like, I, I think I'm supposed to do this. It's like the little nudge that you know your spouse gives you when something's said in the sermon that you need to do better at. That little nudge. It's like, did you just nudge me? And then they're like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's just like that. It's that nudge that you feel inside. Look, look at Romans 8. I think you'll see what I'm saying here. Romans 8, 12 through 14. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. If you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. And underline all of this, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Here's what it looks like. It's pretty simple. We have a sinful nature, and then we have the way of being led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. We don't have to live in our sinful life. We don't have to, because we are being led by the Holy Spirit. Every time you feel, whether it's in church, whether you're reading your scripture, or whether something just comes across your mind, and you say, you know what? I should probably stop using that type of language. I should probably speak more loving, or I should probably, you know, step up and serve. That little nudge, that's the Holy Spirit. That little nudge inside of you. Like, for me, it's pretty simple. It's normally, if I get a nudge to do something nice or serve others, my sinful nature would not think of that. And so I'm pretty sure that's the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to go out of my way and do something nice for somebody or serve somebody or instill a good habit in my life. My sinful nature doesn't want to do any of those things. So whenever that little nudge comes across, it's the Holy Spirit. Well, how, how do you know? I know that's the next question you're saying. Uh, how do I know if that nudge is the Holy Spirit? Well, look, the bottom line is, well, our benchmark is God's word. When we see that nudge align with God's word and what he is saying to us, we know it's the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example. Look at Galatians 5, through 23. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those kinds of fruits. So, if you are in a situation and you feel your temper building up inside of you, but all of a sudden there's this nudge, hey, don't lose control. Self-control, man. Have patience. That is the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're in a situation and you are beginning to struggle with, should I, should I be faithful here? Or should I not be faithful here? And that, that call to be faithful, well, that's the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can look at any of these things and ever a time that there is to be joy or to have peace or to be kind or good to somebody. Whenever that nudge is leading you in that direction, it's the Holy Spirit. But Galatians 5 isn't, you know, like the end all be all for it. It's just an example that when you read scripture and then you feel that nudge aligning with something that God's word says, it's the Holy Spirit. So don't grudge the nudge because here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna feel that nudge 
You're gonna have a choice in that moment. Am I gonna be led by the Holy Spirit? And if you grudge that nudge for very long, you'll silence the Holy Spirit in your life. You'll become numb to the nudging. You won't even know when it happens. But if when you feel those nudges, you take that step of faith, and you say, Holy Spirit, I think this is you, and I'm gonna follow because I feel like you're leading me in this direction, then you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna be blessed. And the next time it happens, you're gonna know exactly what it feels like. And you're gonna begin to know and experience the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. You will begin to come in here worshiping because you've been experiencing the Holy Spirit all week long. You're not gonna have to come in here and then like get warmed up in worship because it's already been happening. Look, when you begin to experience him in your life, not just here on Sundays, you're gonna know what he looks like. You're gonna know what he sounds like. You're gonna be able to see him and you're gonna be able to have a relationship with him just like you are with the people in your family. Now, when you read things like God the Father, you're like, I know exactly what that looks like. I can picture a father. God the Son, I know exactly what that looks like. I can picture a son. God the Holy Spirit, I know exactly what that looks like, and I can experience him. I have this relationship with him that is based on me worshiping him and knowing him, and then on him leading me through just that nudge that I know exactly what it feels like because I haven't grudged it. I want everybody right now to pull out your connection card. Flip it over on the back, and I want you to take a step or steps based on the message today. Maybe for you it's this first one. Participate in worship at church. Oh, now look, for whatever this is, wherever you are, whatever your worship looks like, fully engage a little bit more. Like if, if you're just standing there not singing, try singing. If you're one of those where you're singing, but you are no way raising a hand, maybe do like a half one hand raise. Just ease into this deal. That's all I'm asking here, all right? I know, nothing crazy. But look, participate. Participate in worship here on Sundays. You'll begin to know what it's like and so that it's more familiar to you throughout the week. Maybe for you it's this next one. Increase my knowledge of the Holy Spirit through reading the Bible. Look, you gotta know more. The more you know, the more you're gonna be compelled to worship. So you gotta read your Bible. Like if you read your Bible one day a week, or try two this week. If it's three, then go four. Just increase the amount of God's word you are consuming. Maybe the third one. Participate more frequently in the Lord's Supper as an act of worship. Whatever level you're taking it, maybe increase it. And if you're already taking it every Sunday, be sure that you are taking it as an act of worship and not just a ritual or a habit or something that you do every Sunday. Make sure it's an act of worship for you. Here's the fourth one. Follow the Holy Spirit's nudging when he leads me. Look, when you feel that nudge this week, follow. Follow the Holy Spirit. You will begin to know what that nudging feels like and you can experience him. Maybe for you it's this last one. Become a Christ follower for the first time today. Like, just like I was talking about what Christ did on the cross for us, and we're talking about the Lord's Supper. If there's never come a time in your life where you've committed to following Christ as your Lord and Savior because of what he did on the cross, and he saved you from your sin, and he desires to lead you in your new relationship with God, make that today. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. 
If that's you, just check that box. And then just a couple seconds, I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer. All right. Here's how the rest of the service is going to go. We're going to have a little bit of time where there's going to be some music for you to make a decision. And then Pat and the worship team are going to come up, and we're going to have two songs of worship. It's at that point that we'll be down here to pray, and you'll be able to participate in the Lord's Supper. All right? So right now, I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to give you a couple moments so that you can look at the next steps and prayerfully choose the next step that God is leading you to take. So pray right now to God as he leads you. God, thank you for this series. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, that desires to be so highly involved in our lives on a daily basis. Thank you that we see your Spirit moving throughout the entire Bible. God, from the New Testament, Old Testament, God, the early church and Jesus' life, God, and now in us. So God, I pray that we would be able to experience your Spirit today in our midst right here in this room. Holy Spirit, We know you're here and you're always with us, but we invite you to be in here in a very thick and powerful way so that we can easily experience you. And as we worship you through our prayers, through the Lord's Supper, would we experience you this morning. And we love you. Ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.